So it's been a big break because of Pesach. Time to stop and to restart Bezat Hashem because we still didn't finish with the Tikkun HaKlali. I can't believe it. I know it's, uh, it's going on and on and on, but there's so much in it, Bezat Hashem. So just one Chidush on the Chagim and we'll take this Chidush and put it into the Tikkun HaKlali. If you notice, there's Shalosh Regalim and each one has a unique element attached to it. I'll explain. There are four elements. Esh, Ruach, Maim, Afar. So that's Esh, fire. That's the Seder according to the Torah. Arama, fire, wind, air, water, and earth. Okay, four elements. The four Yesodot. Fine. Of them, we can see that three correlate to, correspond to the, the Chalash Regali. Maim is the most obvious one. That's Sukkot. Nisuch HaMaim. Also, all the mitzvot of the sukkah, the, the lulav grows with water. Etra grows with water. Hadas, arava. The schach has to be gidul de karka, has to come from the ground. Plus, nisuch ha-mayim, simchat beit Everything is with mayim, mayim. And also, we start the davening uh, moreda geshem. We start saying moreda, mashivarach moreda geshem. Okay? So, the whole chag, the emphasis is water. Water, water, water. That's what we're davening about. Okay? Also, mayim, right? The... the Boz, Bet Vav Zayn, of the, of, the, of the Korbanot of Musaf, of the third and seventh, I forgot which days, you remember probably, second, sixth, seventh day, so it spells out Maim, Mem Yud Mem, Mem. That's water. Pesach is associated with air. The whole Easter of Hametz is fermentation. Fermentation leavening is, will allow enough time for the flour and water to sit together, so that air sockets enter the admixture. That's what uh, yeast does. Yeast speeds up the uh, ability for the air to enter and become a part of the food. So you're eating the air. The, the air in the chametz is forbidden. Air that you breathe on Pesach is allowed. That's, that's, that's all you have to breathe. But the air in food, in wheat, that's forbidden. Because that distorts, that air is, is tamadike. It's impure air that we're not, re- you're not, we're not ready and fit in these seven days of Pesach to elevate it. Once we go through a detox of seven days, then we can go back to work on the chametz to elevate the air. The air, Rav Nosen explains, trapped in the, in the bread, in the chametz, is, is connected to the impure emotions and desires of people that are in the air, and then they go into the food of a person, dafka and the food, more than anything else. There's one thing to breathe in air. Rabbi Rabbeinu talks about breathing in bad air in Lesson 31. Where you can breathe in bad air of bad desires, so that yesh tzadik shemagia alav kemaseh reshaim, yesh rasha shemagia alav kemaseh tzadikim. You can have a tzadik who turns into a rasha by the air he breathes in, and you can have a rasha who turns into a tzadik by the air that he brings in, because the good desires are etched in the air, okay, and you breathe it in, that can have influence. However, the, Rav Nosan explains that the, the air trapped in the food since its consummation and since food as opposed to air, you determine how you eat and what you eat. You determine the quality of this input, how it's going to affect your neshama, how it's going to affect your body, if you're eating healthy food, kosher food, and also how you're eating it and if you said the bracha properly and everything. Air, you know, there's no brach on air. There's no air. You breathe in, breathe out. It comes in. It, it's pure. It's untainted. But the air in food is tainted. Here in lesson 31, where people express their bad desires enough, so you can get pockets of air 
that can influence you negatively. You have to fight it back, Rav Nosson says, with good, with good desires. But by food, it's almost absolute that a person is going to have to have battle to fight the bad air that's in the, stuck in the food that can influence him. So going back, Pesach, Pesach, Arizal says, Rabbeinu brings that down. So the whole idea of Pesach is air, speech. Okay, that's the idea of Pesach. Also, like we said, the whole Easter Chametz is there's no air in the food. So Pesach is more associated with the element of air, Ruach. Shavuot, Brakim, Ramin, fire, lightning, thunder, the, all the fire that was associated with Shavuot, receiving the Torah, it's hit or root. We don't go to sleep. Sleep is the opposite of fire. Fire is awake. Oh, oh, oh. You don't go to sleep when you're on fire. When you're, when you're on fire, you sit on the plata, you can't go to sleep. You're on, you're on fire, you're being heated up. So that's Shavuot. That's the idea of fire. So we have these three elements here. Earth, wind, fire. What's the fourth one, Afar? Afar, it seems to be corresponding to what influences the other three. Because the Zohar says, Afar, mana Afar, earth, is the Yisod, the basis for the other three. In other words, you have earth, you have, uh, sorry, um, fire, wind, water, elements, but ultimately to be in this world, they need the foundation of the earth to exist. Fire can go up in the air, air, but if the, 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 the gravitational pull of the earth is what determines where the air is, how high the fire goes up. Um, and water also needs, in order to be input, has to have earth around it, underneath it, over it, wherever. Earth is what gives, what's it called, grounding, footing for the other three. So in that sense, we can say that Afar is the tzaddik, and the influence of the tzaddik is in the other three. That's what Rabbi Nachman says, that on Yom Tov is revealed the light of the tzaddikim. Each Yom Tov reveals from a different angle, from the angle of earth, of, of uh, fire, wind, water, the light of the tzaddik is to shine into the light of the tzaddik. That's the idea of, of reconnecting to the tzaddik on each chag. From a different perspective, from the perspective of fire, water, air, it's a different perspective, but to reconnect to this light of the tzaddik. This is a bit deep, we won't go into it because it's a different lesson totally. Kekachmoy, this lesson, Kalaz, 137, the Kutim Moran, so uh, we'll, 135, Kala, Kekachmoy. So it's a different topic, but you have in the chagim these three, okay? With that said, we can go back to the Tikkun Atali now, because Rabbi Nachman said clearly in Lesson 205, Reishe, that the whole Indian of Tikkun Abrit, rectifying the Brit, involves two holy names, which are the Gemachi of Tehili, El, Kel, Elokim, Kel, Aleph, Lamed, when spelled out, Aleph, Aleph, Lamed, Pei, and then Lamed, Mem, Dalet, and Elohim spelled out that way also. Aleph, Aleph, Lamed, Pei, Lamed, Mem, Dalet, Hey, Yud, uh, Elohim, sorry, Hey, Yud, Mem, Mem, That adds up to 485, which is Gematria Tehilim. And he says, Rabbeinu there, Rabbi Nachman says there, that Tehilim has in it, the recitation of Tehilim has the power to activate these two holy names. And then he said, it's specifically these 10 chapters of the Kapitlich of the Tikkun Akali that encompass in essence, the entire book of Tehillim. You know, um, there was the chief Rav of Tzfat in the time of Rav Nosen, Rav Heller. And there, there was a tradition that when Rav Nosen came to Eretz Yisrael, came to Tzfat in 1823, so he met Rav Heller. And it, it's not clear the age, how old he was then, but the point of the story was that he was very weak. 
And until Rav Nussan arrived in Sfat, Rav Heller had the minhag every day to go to the kever of the Arizal and, and recite the entire book of Tehillim by the kever of, of the Arizal. Rav Nussan came. Hmm? Every Friday. Every Friday or every day? Friday. Okay, every week. So I thought it was every day. I'll double check the source. I have to double check the source. Okay. He got very weak and couldn't do this anymore. So Rav Nussan came. Rav Nussan made a lot of noise in Sfat. People were so happy to see, number one, a Jew who risked his life to come from Chutzlarz to Eretz Yisrael in the middle of a war. There was another war called the Greek-Turkish War, which had the whole Mediterranean swept in the war. So it was a balagan all through the Mediterranean. So ships were not coming with people to and from Eretz Yisrael. I think it was stuck. I think the corona, lockdown. Everything was locked down. So the people were amazed someone risked their life in this crazy situation of war to come to Eretz Yisrael. Plus he was Hasidish. So he had teachings from the Baal Shem Tov. Even though he was Breslov, it brought life to many of the people. Even the Prushim were amazed. So Rav Nosen brought a lot of light and gave Chidushim when he was in Tzfat. So a lot of people came to see him. A lot of big Rabbanim and Tzadikim were living in Tzfat. So Rav Heller also went to Rav Nosen and he told him about his dilemma. He said, what do I do? I don't have the Koach to say anymore the whole book of Tehillim. So he told him, Rav Nosen told him, saying the, ten, the Tikkun Akali is like a condensation of the, a concentration and condensation of the whole Tzefer Tehillim. You have these ten chapters, which are basically like a miniature of the whole book of Tehillim. Because Rabbeinu again points out, Tehillim, he said in the Sichot Aran that any ten chapters can activate it to the Tikkun. Any, but then afterwards he went to reveal which specific ones. But he made a point, Rabbi, at the beginning, that any ten chapters to say that the whole book of Tehillim has this power. Okay, so these two holy names, Rabbi, who says there in lesson two hundred five, activate Chesed and Gvura, and they say they co- which correspond to fire, heat, and liquid water. Chesed is is associated with liquid water, Maim, and and Gvura Din is associated with fire, and it makes sense that Ruach is what's in between. Ruach is Tiferet, okay? So you have Chesed, Gvurah, Tiferet. And he says, Rabbi Nachman there, that these two holy names are, 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 are what is needed to rectify the Pigam of the Brit, because Pigam of Brit also involves its heat, the person's heated up, Chas Shalom, and the seed is heated, heat, and also it's liquidy. So to fix the damage caused, you need these two holy names to activate the Tikkun Gezat Hashem. So you have here also Esh and Maim. What's missing is Ruach. To explain, the Pagam comes about when there's only Esh and Maim. These two are the Pagam, what causes the Pagam. What's needed is to intercede Ruach. Rabbi Nachman goes into this a lot in depth in lesson 60 and also lesson number 8, where Ruach is a powerful force. And lesson 8 is all dedicated to a person connecting to breathing. It's funny because in the Goyish world, they have meditation and relaxing and breathing and everything. They don't realize it's a Jewish idea. It's a Torah idea that a person should stop and reconnect. You have many Torahs from Rabbeinu, even in Ktav Yad and Sichot Aran, that he wrote even before he became famous, of how the power of breathing can connect and disconnect a person to the Chevel of Kedushah. If you remember that, he says a person has what's called a Krecht, Gnicha, Anacha, where you let in a lot of Ruach and then you let it out, Ruach is a way to reconnect to holiness 
and disconnect to the Tuma. In Lesson 60 also, it goes to the idea how Ruach has a major influence on the quality of a child being conceived. Conception, conception the main uh, element which will determine the level of Kedusha that the child of the Neshama will have is the Ruach of the parents before the act of, of conception. That Ruach, which is the attitude, that's the Ruach there, will have an influence on causing a balance in the Esh and the Mayim in the child, so there will be an balance there. This is what's needed, a balance. Esh and Mayim together are not good. We need Esh, Ruach, Mayim. The Ruach keeps the balance between the fire and water. Rashi says, remember by Barad, the Makkah Barad, he says always that fire and water are opposites. What does it mean the opposites? They hate each other. The elements of fire and water, look at it in this perspective. In Barad, Rashi says, they made, they made shalom, peace, in order to do the will of Hashem, they made peace. But normally, fire and water don't get along. So there's, there's a, it's like machloket. So when these two are together, it's damaging. We don't want to have fire and water together. We want to have ruach in between that makes the balance. That's the idea of Pesach, by the way. Pesach is in a sense, even though it's the beginning of the Chagim, but in the year setup, you have first Sukkot, and then you have Pesach, and then you have Shavuot to make this balance of, in the year. Fine, by the months, Pesach is the first of the Regalim, Shavuot is the second, and we finish with Sukkot. But by the year, when we look at the Shana, which begins on Rosh Hashanah already, which is before Sukkot, so Sukkot is the water, Shavuot is the fire, Pesach is in between, and we need this balance. So this is the balance we need to get Ruach involved. When there's Ruach, Holy Ruach, again, on Pesach, Chametz is bad Ruach, we don't want that Ruach. We work to, uh, to reach a level where we can have positive ruach and that causes the balance of the fire and the, okay? <clears throat> so the Chernarav, he uh, explains why Rabbi Nachman opens the Tikkun HaKlali with the word Michtam. And we went into this a little. He says, Michtam leDavid shamreni al bach. Michtam, Rashi brings many explanations and he's shaky with each one, Rashi, in the, in the, in the Tehillim, in his parish on the Tehillim. But the Chernarav picks out a few things and he takes what Rashi says and shows you the connection. The rectification is that Michtam is a crown. Michtam, Rashi says, is Lashon Keter, like a kingship. That's good, that's the goal. The Tikkun is that we create a Michtam from the damage caused. So he says the Chenarav, the word Michtam is mentioned in the Tanakh in association to the damage caused by Dor the generation of the flood. It's a Pasuk in Yeshayahu that says, I'm trying to remember the wording of the Pasuk, Nichtam Avonech, something like that, that Hashem says the, 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 the damage and blemish of the generation of the flood was so damaging that Hashem says, Nichtam, it's now Nichtam, not Chotem of a Chet, but Nichtam, it's a Ketem, it's a stain that can't be removed, and the only way is to wash it off with the, the, with the Mabul. The Mea Mabul is the only way to destroy everything. That's how it can be cleaned. So the Pgam of Dora Mabul is the idea of Ketem. And the Ketem of the Dora Mabul involved fire and water. Like the Zohar says, why was the generation of the flood punished? We went into this once. Punished with boiling hot water, which had the smell of gofrit, right? It was gofrit. It was sulfur. Sulfur burning water. Because they blemished, they blemished with heat 
and water by the pagam of the wasted seed. So the punishment was the mabul, which is also hot and also liquidy. Okay, that's the pagam. There we go again. It's the pagam of fire and water together. That's the pagam. The tikkun akali opens up with the problem of the pagam, the rectification michtam, but the goal is to get to the very end. The very end of the tikkun akali. I'm trying to remember what what, what was the chiddush here. Oh God, I wanted to connect ruach there. The goal of the Tikkun Akali is hinted to in the last Pasuk. Kol HaNeshama Tehalel Ka. Chazal. What did Chazal teach? Rabbi Meir. It's in the Midrash in the Gemara. Rabbi Meir says, don't read Neshama Ela. Neshima. Okay? Al Kol Neshima Neshima Tehalel Ka. On every breath, give thanks. What in the world is going on here? Because Neshima is the tikkun for the esh and the maim at the beginning of the pigam. The goal is that there's a neshima now. A chidush, I rarely mention, but the chidush is from this tzaddik. In Brussels, they don't always hold by mentioning chidushim from Rujin, right? You've probably heard this before. But uh, the chidush is so powerful. I asked Brussels elders, am I allowed to give over a chidush from Rujin? I said, of course, what's the problem? It's a chidush of Torah. What, what oral traditions in Brussels go on, I don't know. But there's a chidush here, and there's an amazing chidush here. The Rujiner says something unbelievable on this Pasuk, on, on the Chazal, the, the, the Gemara and the Midrash that say that you have to give thanks to Hashem on every breath. Pshat, by the way, is that for here we learn the Halacha, that you say a bracha on smelling a good fragrance, okay? I'll call Neshima Neshima Tehalelka. Whenever you have a good fragrance, you have to say, you have Tehalel, you have to Lehodot Lehalel to give a bracha, okay? Chazal expand that. That you have to give thanks that you're breathing. When you're breathing, it's a gift. Okay, alkol neshima, neshima. You don't deserve to breathe, okay? Breathing is a gift. So on this, the Rujaner has a good chidush. Why is it a gift? So he says that the nature of the neshama is that it can't stand the body. It, the, the body, like Rabbeinu says in Lesson 22, Likuti Moran, that the neshama is very scared to come close to the body because the body is full of ta'avot and midot ra'ot and a person knows that he's not perfect and more than that, as a person gets older sometimes he begins to feel yeush when he was starting he had enthusiasm and everything but then he reached points in life that he fell rock bottom shalom. and even if he gets up the person begins to say, it's not the same brand, I can't daven anymore because I know how tainted I am, Shalom. How could I daven in front of Hashem after what I've done in my life? People have major, major chalishut adat and in a way they're justified for the chalishut adat because they say, how in the world can I daven to Hashem and act like nothing happened, like, like I'm a perfect tzaddik? It's a very, very big avoda. Most people have a hard time because they're so broken of who they are they say, I'm going to start davening like a tzaddik, I'm going to start doing things. First of all, they have, they have a fear. What's the fear? If someone as far as me starts acting and being like a good person and everything, what kichuk is waiting for me? Oh my God, they're going to start attacking me. I won't, I won't have an easy life. Right now, things are quiet because they leave me alone because anyways, I'm bad. But if I start trying to become good, I'm going to get hit. That's one problem, okay? And also besides that, that a person feels so tainted I can't daven anymore because I don't have that connection because of what I've done, okay? So he says an amazing chidush that the neshama, every time a person breathes out, the neshama wants to leave already. The neshama can't stand the body. Can't stand it. Hashem forces the neshama back in. That's the breath you take in, right? Normally, tosef rucham, 
Yigvarun, the Pasuk says in capital, Kuvzayin, Kuvdalin. Tosef, that before a person dies, he have a lot of air, and then at that point there's Gesisa, the person, uh, the Neshama leaves with the last breath, right? That's why some people, I saw that by my mother, Leah Shalom, that you all of a sudden, right before they pass away, like they wake up, and they're, ta- they're looking at you, and they're smiling, and then they leave again, they, like they disappear. They're like unconscious, and then for a second, for a moment, they have that consciousness, and they're looking at you, and they open their eyes and everything, and you, you, you get depression, oh, it's, it, they're coming back, they're coming back, nurse, come, doctor! And then they leave, and they pass on. It happens. I saw that also by Rav Michal Dorfman. I was with him the day he passed away, and I remember that his eyes were closed the whole time, and then all of a sudden, he opened his eyes, and he started looking at us. We were flipping out. He said, we had hope. When you see that, especially family and, and relatives and loved ones, when you see that happening to someone, so you, you take it as a sign of hope. But really, it's what the, the Gemara explains. Tosef, Rucham, Yigva'un. There's, a, there's a, that moment of a lot of energy, a lot of light, because that's, that's the now the goodbye call. They're about to leave. Tosef, Rucham, Yigva'un. And then they leave. So the Rujaner says, the Neshama is trying to leave every time, every breath that you let out and let in, the Neshama is trying to use that as a mean to leave the body. But Hashem forces it back in. No, you're not allowed to leave. Okay? And, and the Neshama's argument is, but I can't stand this impure body. So the, the Hashem says, but the breath coming in round and now to the, to the body is untainted. You, a person can now use the breath coming in to say pure words and has nothing to do with what you did yesterday, what you did an hour ago, what you did. A person could have done the worst thing an hour ago and he has new air coming in and he says to himself, why should I dove in? I've done the worst things. So the answer is, but the air coming in is untainted for what you did. You now are going to say words of Torah, words of prayer, avodat Hashem, and do mitzvot with this new air that's untouched. Even while inside of you, it's still untouched. And now you can use that to say words of davening and prayer that are untainted. Okay? So this is the, the chiddush that the neshama, the neshima, is so pure. And, and it gives hope that even the person is as he is, lesson eight. If you reconnect to the neshima, to the air, you can, like Rabbi Nusra says, you can detach from the chevel of the sitracha, from the rope of the evil side, and Mama should reconnect to the Kedusha, because the air coming in, first of all, has nothing to do with you. Food has to do with you. How you say the bracha, how you eat, what you eat, that's you, fine. But the air, as Hashem storing it into you, you can't, you can't even live for, us for a moment. How, how long can you stay under the mikveh without air? 10 seconds, 15 seconds, a person, that's it, you know, more than 20, a person's finished. Most people can't even do 10 seconds you know, under water, under, without, without a breath, you know? The older you get, it's harder. So, air is totally in Hashem's input. Totally. Because of that, it's pure. That's, why, that's the goal here. Michtam started with the damage caused through fire and water. Dormabul, Pagamabrit, involves fire and water. And the tikkun is kol haneshama ta'aliliyah. So there's a code here. See the opening pasuk of the Tikkun HaKlali and the closing pasuk of the Tikkun HaKlali Michtam LeDavid and Kol HaNeshama Kita HaLeliyah. Okay? More than this, the commentaries of the Midrash also say what's Kol HaNeshama Ta'aliliyah? Kol HaNeshama. Every Neshama. What is every Neshama? Even the souls of the drops that were wasted totally, the Tikkun must come 
when all of them are rectified. In other words, no one can be left outside. Every neshama wasted has to come back. Period. And that's the goal. The goal of the tikkun is that kol neshama, every soul, whether human beings or the chas wasted seed, everything has to come back to Hashem. Ta'alilka. Okay? More than this now, in the last chapter, we went into this last, I don't know if we went into this together. We went into Rav Nosen's prayer. We pointed out there's a question here. Rav Nosen's prayer, uh, towards the end of the prayer that he wrote on the, on the Tikkun HaKlali, he says we should be zocheh to the ten types of nigun of holiness which subdue Pagama Brit. And then he goes to list the ten psukim that Rabbi Nachman Rabbeinu brings in Lesson 92, Part 2, of you know, the Pasuk for Bracha, Ashrei, Maskil. And after he brings the last Pasuk, which is on Hallelujah, Ishairat Hashem Hiti Talal, all of a sudden Rav Nassim adds, Vineemal, and also like it says, what do you mean, well, also like it says, Rabbeinu said, Ten Psukim, Ten Psukim. What are you adding, Rav Nassim? Rav Nassim adds the whole capital 150. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Bekocha. He goes to the whole chapter 150. He brings the whole chapter. Okay? As if to say that this chapter in it also contains all of the ten rectifications in it. But you can ask, if that's the case, so just say the last chapter. Why do have to say all ten chapters? It's a chapter which after you sent, you said and activated the nine previous kapitlich, this one takes everything and then makes it the bouquet. How does Tikkun Akhtadi work? Not like Tehillim. Tehillim, when you say Tehillim or Davening, every word you say is already a Tikkun. Baruch, Shamar, Vaya, Haolam. As soon as you're saying the word, it does its Tikkun. It goes up and does its job. Tikkun Aklali, for the purpose of the Tikkun Aklali, it only is activated once you reach the last word. Kol HaNeshama Hallelujah. Everything's on standby. Chapter Michtam David, Le David Maskir. You go through all the chapters, they're waiting for the last chapter to be activated. Once that's activated, then everything goes up together. So the last chapter of the Tikkun Aklali, Hallelujah, is number one, one of the ten in itself. But in itself, it has all the concepts together. We went into this, if you remember last time, that you have Hallelujah, we said this in the last class, that these correspond to the four types of the Shir Pashut, Kaful, Meshulash, Merubah, single fold is Kocho, double Rekia Uzo, we went into that in the Kabbalah, Gvurotav is Chesed in Gvura, because Chesed is revealed in Gvura, Bigvurot Yeshaimino, lesson number five, the Kutim one, that even Chesed is revealed through Gvura, and then Kerov Gudlo, still have difficulty with this one, that's Tiferet, this is the goal, the goal is Kerov Gudlo, to come to the, 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 rov, the abundance of his, of his greatness, of Hashem's Gudlo. And then we mentioned, we didn't finish it really, the nine instruments, which are really ten. Ke, it's tiferet, is chazak. It's not just a fair balance, it's a balance tipping to chesed. Chazak. Okay, very nice. And good law, godel is chesed normally. Very good. Very, that answers it. Vizat Hashem, okay? So this chapter has in it the, the ten plus the four, and after this is done, then we have this pasuk, kol haneshama tahaleliyah haleluyah. Kol also, by the way, is gematria 50, and, all, and there was the 50 gate of, of holiness, in that kol haneshama, all the neshamot, finally going up to the final tikkun, the 50th gate, then it's tahalelka. 
Chazal, in many places, Midrash Tanchuma, Midrash Rabbah, they have this amazing uh, piece there, that how every letter, every kotz of every letter is precise in the Chumash, in the Torah. And if you made a slight change, you can destroy the world. The wording is, Yachriv Olam. So they give this as an example, that it says, Kola Neshama Tehalel Change the hey to a chet in tehalel. Instead of tehalel, you write tehalel, which means to desecrate. The, the Midrash says it's one of the, 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 they bring about maybe seven, eight psukim. This is one of them. As if this, and they, the Midrash brings it as an example, but I think the commentaries say that because they brought these specific eight as an example, it shows these are the main psukim that this rule applies. What rule? That if you change, you just add a, a drop of ink more or less, you'll destroy the world. <laughs> but the wording of the, of the Midrash, <laughs> if you just change in the Torah, the hey to a head, you destroyed the world. What do you mean destroy the world? <laughs> That's destroying the world, right? So here it makes sense. Because the goal of the Tikkun HaKlali is to make Hashem's name complete. Hashem's name, more than any other sphera, is in the sphere of Tiferet. We're into this. Tiferet is Yud Ke Vav Ke. The Zohar says this. That's why the, so, the song attributed to Tiferet is Hallelujah. Because you have there Yud Ke and also you have Vav Ke. But it's more in this chapter. Hallelujah and Hallelujah. You have Yud Ke and Vav Ke. The goal is to make Hashem's name complete. That's why Rabbeinu ends the Tikkun HaKlali with Hallelujah, because the goal is Tiferet, that Hashem's name is shining. It's the Malchut, yes, but once that's done, once Hashem is Melech, so then his Tiferet, his Itbarut, is revealed. Right? The song Rav Nosen wrote, Unzer Groiz Kait, Unzer Shein Kait, from Lesson 66, that our Gdulatenu Vetifartenu, Rabbeinu is Lashon in Lesson 66, our Gdullah and our Tiferet will be revealed in the future. In other words, the goal of Melucha is that Hashem Zitparut, the glory, and of course of the Jewish people, that's what Nosen said in the, in the story, that our Hitparutenu will be revealed in the future. That's the goal is Tiferet. The goal is to get to Tiferet. That's the, that's the final, that's why he ends of Hallelujah. In Tiferet, we have to work that Yud K should be complete, right? Kiyad al kes ya, Hashem's name is not complete and Hashem's throne is not complete until Amalek is wiped out. We want to get that Yud K should be complete, but that dependent that depends a lot on us waxing, cleaning Vavke. Okay, so in this chapter, look carefully. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, El bekocho, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Everything is Vavke, Vavke. The first one is a good question. Why? It's not and then And it makes sense because you have to first open and say That's the statement. Now you want to continue on that. So and praise him. Who's him? The kel mentioned in the beginning of the pasuk. So kel is the opening. But afterwards the vavhe this is brought down somewhere. I'm trying to remember where exactly you saw it. But the Vav He is, is our goal is to have it cleaned. So we go through all the nine instruments. Hallelujah. All the ten instruments, nine which are really ten, 
are to fix the Vavke. Once that's done, once Vavke is cleaned, so now all the Neshamot can be rectified, and then Tehalelka, then we were able now to have Hilul on Yudke, which until now was Chalel, Tehalel, Shalom. Now it's fixed and cleaned because we were able to rectify the Vavke by, by fixing, because it's a rule. Uh, the the Benishchai brings this rule that all interaction in this world are with Vavke. Yudke is above, is up. Okay, it's untouchable in a sense. That's those are the, what's called the mentalities. Yudke is like Chokhmah and Bina, and Vavke is the lower sphere that we have interaction with. And the damage we do is in the area of Vavke. That's what has to be fixed. Okay, so once Vavke has been fixed by the ten types of Nigunim. So at that point, and now we can do hallelujah, we can have hallelujah, we have yudke, vavke, completed. So we see this chapter is like showing the finalization of the tikkun already in it. It's not like, okay, once you've said it, then afterwards you see the tikkun. Already in the last chapter of the tikkun aklali, the tikkunim are being activated as you're saying it in this last chapter. The first nine, no. The first nine are on standby, standby. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, standby. The last chapter, that's already bringing. Halal El Bikochos acting in the Shir Pashut. Birkia Uzo, Pash Kaful, Gvurotav, Meshulash, Meruba. And then you're going to the nine instruments. It's going one of the ten instruments, really, we said, right? It's bringing up each one after that. So this is just showing us how it's a package and its job is to have everything rectified totally. Plus, this shows, again, by Rav Nosen bringing this, this chapter shows that the Tikkun Akali can ultimately help for any blemish, whether it's Shogeg and even Mezit, because that's Rav, Rav Nosen's whole thing, is to show that Rabbeinu's Tikkun Akali is so far-reaching, if a person, again, is sincere enough, and he has enough harata, and he does the big Tikkun of saying the Tikkun Akali by Rabbeinu's Kever and Uman, obviously, that this can rectify all damage, period. And in this constant context of Chazal, the most severe damage is what's called Mezid. So Rav Nosen believed and he hinted and showed that even Chassashalom for the worst blemishes, that this can be rectified totally. And it's hinted to in this chapter by saying, Kol neshama, even those which are Nidach totally, they can all come back. Mezid Hashem, Alleluia, fine. So now we just have to finish still showing the ten instruments. We didn't finish. We remember we stopped at, I think we stopped by um, Machol or Tof. Tof or Machol, something like that. Let's just do it again quickly, at, up to where we stopped and try to go in more detail. Again, it's very tough to fit in perfectly. We'll do our best, Mizat Hashem, to try to explain it, okay? We said last time that a little bit Teka Shofar is Bina, which is Bracha. Bina is Shofar always. And wherever you have Teka Shofar, it includes in it Chatzot which is the Keter. We said it's like a Chetz, an arrow that runs through all the ten Sfirot, back and forth like an arrow. It doesn't stay, it doesn't have a presence, the Keter. So that's Chatzot which is like Ashrei. Teka Shofar is Bracha. Both Chatzot and Shofar don't have a special note. It's just one note. That's it. It's also nothing special. It's a flat note. That's the idea of Bina. That it's a light that's un, unshapeable. It's like beyond your shape. You can't shape it. It has to come down to be shaped. So until it's coming down, until it's, until it's been revealed down, 
It's a singular note that has in it everything, but it's a singular note. So to the Chatzotzot also has a singular note, and the Shofar is a singular note. And that's Bracha, the source of Bracha and, and Ashrei. Those two spheres of, of Keter and Bina. Neville we went into, you remember? It's Otiot Lavan. The violin is very powerful. I, 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 the Bar Mitzvah I made, I brought a violin for half an hour, a breast lever to play a violin. It was am- People were amazed. I was amazed. Violin captures you, it takes you away. It's so moshech, it takes you. That's why it's like Yesod, it's maskil. Because it can take you to Kedusha, and God forbid, it can take you to the other side. They said, I, I told you, I think I mentioned, that I heard from the Kubalim. They said that there's nothing like the violin. And according to the Kabbalah, the most drawing musical instrument more than any other instrument is the violin. It can really get a person, that's the Neville, right? Kinor is not a violin, Kinor is the harp. That's the next one. Kinor, we said, is Shir, which is Chokhmah. Because again, it's trying to light a candle, Ner Kavav. It's the candle in activating the search in Kavav 26, which is Yud Kevavke, which starts with Yud, which is Chokhmah. We said that, that a harp, it's the music of the harp, is to arouse the, le- the, the level of Chokhmah to come down, to wake it up. They have in, in Mexican customs what's called the piñata. You know what piñata is? It's a Mexican birthday. When they have a birthday, they hang up on the ceiling. A, a stuffed animal with candies and the birthday boy takes a stick and he hits it until he cracks it open all the candies fall that's their, their custom Chokhmah is like that in the deal now <laughs> Chokhmah is that it's closed up totally we have to like remember Kayal Ta'arog we went into the Ayan you have to hit it and wake it up in order that the Shefa should start coming down that's the idea of the Kinor the harp the harp by the way is also a big instrument it's, uh, it stands on the earth, goes up to the, to the height of a person, and has the strings. Kinor Shel David was hanging above his, his bed. It's a powerful instrument needing strength to be able to, uh, to play it. it it's, it's heavy in itself. It's a very heavy thing. But it, it, uh, it's, its goal is to wake up Chochmah, we can say. Tof, we went into that, is the idea of Nitzuach. Tof, they explain, is that it's a... Uh, the skin of the animal's stomach spread on a wooden uh, circle and they play on it more like a tarbuka and it's like a fast it's like a it's a <coughs> slow beat it's more slow whereas machol is faster it's another type of the it seems to be the one that's that's round and you can bang on it the other one it sits on you the tarbuka sits on you and you can bang it that's more tof which is nitsuach because the nature of a tof in its slow Music is it gets a person uh, in a medit- meditative state that you can also take them over. That's nitzuach nenatzach. Machol is nigun. Machol also means Rabbeinu who says this is machul. The sins are forgiven. The idea of machol is it's such a fast beat that you can't sit down and do nothing. It takes you over. When people are like dancing in a rikud and they bring you in, so the machol is this thing that gets you so moving that you wanna. You want to be a part of the music. That's the idea of the machol as nigun. Minim is a type of a flute. It's called minim because it's made with pieces that they join together like a clarinet. And that corresponds to tefillah. Minim uh, also means milashon la minim bilam al shinim. This uh, is an instrument, they say in the pasuk from Bereshit, of Tuval Kain, I think Tuval Kain, he was the one who started uh, what's the Lashon Pasuk? Ugav and something else. 
He's the one who initiated Kinor Ve'ogav. Fine. Minim, they say, is one of those instruments that he also invented. That's what the commentary says in the Gemara. But, and, and, but it's meant for Avodah Zarah. It's meant to draw people into idolatry. That's why it's called Minim. What is it? It's the organ? No. Ugav is the organ. Minim is a flute to influence for Avodah Zarah. Okay? So the, the opposite of that would be Tfilah. All the Mepharshim have different ex- explanations. You have to find the right one. It's crazy. In the, in the commentaries, one says this is that, and then one says the other one. Khatam Sofer, I mentioned, he says Ugav is the organ. That was the one that was forbidden in the Beit HaMikdash. They didn't allow the Ugav in the, in the, in the Beit HaMikdash. But Ugav seems to be corresponding to Hoda'a, to give thanks. Um, by, the, by the Goyim, unfortunately, I don't know that much, but when they play organ, it's like songs of praise. It's praising. An organ is used mainly in nigunim, which are uh, happy, which are more like, you know, to give thanks to Hashem. That requires, again, work to figure this out. Tzilzile Shama is the symbols. They make a loud noise. It says in Arachin, in Masachet Tamid, in Masachet Shkalim, that there was a man, Ben Arza. He was the one in charge of sounding the symbols and there was only one in the Beit HaMikdash why was only one? because to make such a loud noise only one is, is needed one is sufficient you have more than one it'll make people deaf it's very it's disturbing and distracting in the song it was used wake to, to wake up it was used to start the music the first note was the and also they said the closing was the in this sense it's like a mizmor because mizmor we said like the Kwanim would cut off their thumbs it's effort, it's energy to, to, uh, to, to activate. As opposed to Chochmah, let's go back, the harp, which stands on the ground, it's a heavy instrument. And it's like I said, the pinyara, to wake up with the Chochmah to bring down Shefa. But the, but the shape of the, of the harp is strings going from the bottom all the way up to the top. That's the idea, like Rabbeinu says in Lesson 25. If you remember in Lesson 20, uh, sorry, Lesson 24, that the goal of Simcha is that uh, the Ktorat also he says there it wakes up all the spheres like you shake a rope on the bottom when you shake a rope on the bottom it, it starts shaking all the way up to the top so, so too by the harp when you're playing the strings of the harp it's a whole influence from the bottom up to the top okay Mizmor is that you have to make a you have to make like a, an opening boom that's Mizmor Mizmor is Gevura so that's Tzilzilei Shama. Tzilzilei Teruah, which is Hallelujah, is a different type of symbol. There's Machlok in what it actually was. The Radak, I think, explains that it was smaller symbols attached to the fingers. They would go like this, clasp them together. They would make noise. It would be relatively loud, but not loud like the, the main two symbols. And here it's called Teruah because it's cut up. Teruah, the word Teruah means to be Staccato, so it's cut up in like the tzilzal. It also wakes up, but it's more pleasant because it's like clapping the, the fingers and making the noise with the fingers, and it's not one loud continuous noise. It's broken up. It starts and stops and starts and stops. In this sense, it could be like hallelujah, which is tiferet, because it's pleasant. It's pleasant to hear when they when they clasp the the, the symbols on the fingers. It's like the the Spanish they have and the dances. When they have dancers, they class. They have these two pieces of water plastic. 
that they clap with their fingers, I forgot what they're called in English, and it makes a nice noise. It, it's like, it's like the, the sound of tap dancing, but it's with the hands. Okay, and it's pleasant. So that's the idea of Tzitzit which can correspond to Tiferet. Uh, we're trying to decode the Tikkun Akali, trying to decode the, the Nigunim, but uh, this is so far what we've seen, and to be continued, <laughs> but there's a lot, lot of Inyanim in this last chapter. Let's see what the Hashem where we get to hopefully next next year. I have a comment. Yes. That the, white, the water and the fire. Yeah. So that's why the part of the Tikkun where Nachum says is the mikveh is the water. Ershte is mikveh. Ershte is mikveh. And then the fire, the charata, and then you have the Tikkun Akali. So that. Very nice. I like the Ershta is mikveh. The first is the mikveh. The get there, the water. Fire, that counteracts, and then you have the Alaluka, the the the, the, the again, right? Mayim, fire, and the kedusha now, right? Yeah. Mayim and. Kedusha speak that Ershtam is gonna go in the hot shower, then in the mikveh. Right. Banu ba'eshu ba'mayim. He says we've gone through fire and water to go a hot shower, and then go into the mikveh should be cold. That that also fire and water. Mm-hmm. Right on Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos. Right. And then it's the Dibber, it's the, the Ruach. Also on uh, Erev Yom Kippur, to do Malkus first and then to go to the Mikveh. Mm-hmm. Not, to, not to go to the Mikveh first and then do the Malkus on the back. And for Mincha, Erev Yom Kippur. He says also there, Ba'anu Ba'eshe Ba'mayim. The fire is the Malkut, it's hard, it's heat, it's it hurts. On, uh, on less than 59, that speaks about two kinds of things, the Aish of the Mishra. Right, less than 59, Muntet, right. It's first the Kharata, the fire. Right. The burning charata, and then the mikvah, and then right. the mikvah is the air. That's why the tikkun requires saying, speech. You would think the tikkun should be gigul shelek, fasting, uh, giving tzedakah. Bringing he says, he says is the say, speech is the tikkun for this program. Mm-hmm. That's the chidush. The chidush of Rabbeinu. Uh, only say. Only, only, yeah, yeah, say them as you say them, exactly. And that's the Tikkun already said. That the Nishima, the Shama said. Also, in lesson two, in the second chapter, yeah. Rabbi brings Kel Elokim Hashem. Right, Kel Elokim Hashem, right. That's also... Kel Elokim Hashem. That's Chesed Gvir Tiferes. Right. So, Kel Elokim. In the Pusik, in the, in the Pusik's finish, Diber. Diber. The Yikra Aretz, Aretz is the offer. Offer. Pshu! Complete. You complete all four elements. Very nice. That's Simcha that says, Simcha. That's the Simcha, that's the Totsa'ah. That's the, Avnosan's prayer ends with Simcha, because that's the yeah. goal. Yeah. The goal is to be happy. Mm-hmm. After, after, because he, he says, Rabbeinu, once this Tikkun is activated, you don't have to worry at all. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't be worried. Continue with your life. Be happy. Be with Simcha. Oh, it's a Halaluka with all the instruments to give you the Simcha. Right. So There's Dabka musical instruments in the last chapter to bring you the Simcha. Very nice. There's a lot. There's a lot. A lot of depth there. Obviously, we're, we're only doing what we can. Bezat Hashem. To be continued. Let's see how we finish. Bezat Hashem.